0: Welcome to the Ankylosing Spondylitis Podcast. My name is Jason Sacco and I'm your host. As a 35 plus year spondy, I'm looking to use this show to bring the spondy community closer. I'll give my lifelong battle with AS to you. That includes triumphs, tragedies, and lessons. So sit back, enjoy, and know you are not alone. Welcome to this episode of the Ankylosing Spondylitis Podcast. I thought I would do something a little bit different today and bring on a guest related to service dogs. I've had a few questions myself on on service animals, specifically service dogs, so I thought I would go right to a person that would know far more than I would, and that's Riley Cook. Riley, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you doing?
0: Great. I really appreciate you giving some of your time to come on here. And I met you a couple weeks ago through uh, the internet on Instagram. You have a page called Gatsby golden service dog, and that's Riley and Gatsby, your golden retriever. That's your service dog. Yes, sir. That's us. Tell me a little bit about you. You have ankylosing spondylitis like myself, and what were the steps you took to decide that it was finally time for a service animal?
1: Um, You know, I've had symptoms for a very long time. I started getting symptoms when I was 12 years old. I am now almost 22 years old. You know, things progressed throughout my life and got worse and worse over time. I wasn't diagnosed with AS until I was around 19 or 20 years old. I think I was 20. Things had just gotten really, really bad, and I was struggling in life. And not only was I struggling with AS and struggling to get around struggling with my mobility I was having a really hard time mentally and I had heard about a girl that went to high school with me who had a service dog uh, not for AS or anything but that's how I got introduced to service dogs and I thought it was really really cool and I was like well maybe I could get involved in that and so that's when I decided uh, along with my doctors and my family that maybe I should get a service dog and Gatsby came into my life, and everything has been amazing since then.
0: No, Gatsby's a golden retriever. You and I were talking a little bit. You self-trained him. You did not get him from a program where he was trained for you.
1: Correct. I got him when he was about six weeks old and I raised and trained him. I had the help of a professional trainer with me, but for the most part, I was doing it myself. And so he was in training from the time he was six weeks old up until the time I would have considered him fully trained at about two years old, maybe a little less than two years old. And he's been working since then and he's three and a half now.
0: For those of us that don't have service dogs but might be looking at it, he is your helper. He does jobs and has a job to do. But when you're having downtime and you're just sitting on the couch or, or anything like that, he is allowed to be a dog, correct? He's just your dog.
1: Absolutely. He's When he's not working, he's just like any other pet. We love to play outside. I take him to the dog park occasionally. We do basically everything together and I always make sure he has plenty of time to just be a dog but he does know that even when we're in the house he knows he has to be ready to jump into action at any time if I drop my phone or if I need him to help me pick something up then he just springs into action and is ready to help me.
0: As you trained him I'm guessing there were times you would purposely drop something on the floor to see how he would react to it and, and things like that? Yep. What will he help you out with? What is his day-to-day task that he assists you with?
1: All right, so all of his tasks include he does counterbalance for when I get really dizzy. He pulls my wheelchair because I do use a wheelchair. So when I'm getting really tired or weak or I'm in a lot of pain, I can't push myself anymore, he's able to pull me. He braces. So a lot of times if I am walking, I can't walk for very long. And so what ends up happening in the middle of the store is I'll have to sit down on the floor. And he knows how to help me get back up. He braces his body, and I use him to stand back up. Then he does forward momentum pulling, which basically he has a pull strap on his harness, and I hold on to that. And he walks just a little bit ahead of me to give me uh, momentum to help me keep walking when I'm in so much pain. It feels like I can't take another step, you know, or, like, while going upstairs, he gives me momentum going up there Um, and then he also does deep pressure therapy which is really helpful when I'm in a lot of pain I just sit down in the floor and I can have him lay across certain pressure points in my legs and in my pelvis that really help and then like we said earlier he picks up dropped items for me and that's about what he does in a day.
0: That's a lot.
1: Yeah yeah he's got a big
0: job there's been a big issue with emotional support and comfort dogs over the last few years. As those type of animals have increased, it's kind of confused people on what service dogs are and what they're allowed and not allowed to do. And in reading it, if you look at the ada.gov, American with Disability Act.gov page, there's a really big difference between a service and a comfort dog.
1: Yes there is a very big difference between the two. So service dogs are only for people with disabilities, not just any health condition. And they are specifically trained to perform tasks to mitigate the handler's disability. And emotional support does not count as a task. And they go through years of training and are allowed anywhere in public that people can go. The only exceptions would be places like sterile burn units in a hospital or surgical suites in a hospital. Anywhere that would be medically sterile, a service dog cannot go. And then ESAs don't require any kind of training, although they can be trained. And their job is just to bring comfort to their one person and assist with a mental health condition, and they are not allowed in public. That's a huge misconception is that you can take emotional support animals in public, and the only places you can take emotional support animals is non-pet-friendly housing, so they can live with you thanks to the Fair Housing Act, and they are allowed on airplanes with you thanks to the Air Carrier Access Act, but that is it. And then there's therapy dogs, which is different from ESAs, which require certification. They must be trained. And a person brings them to places like a hospital or a school or a courthouse to help children testify. And they're there to calm a lot of people and just bring comfort to people. But they aren't allowed anywhere
0: else. Interesting. Yeah, I know as I was reading through some of this stuff, you know, one of the questions out there miscellaneous was, are gyms, fitness centers, hotels, or municipalities that have swimming pools required to allow a service dog, I'm going back to the service dog, mm-hmm. in the pool with its handler. And that was one of the few spots that it was no.
1: Yeah, so dogs are not allowed in the pool just because it compromises the safety of other people because you know you don't want dogs getting like fleas or bugs or any kind of thing in the water. It poses a public safety issue. But they are allowed to just lay by the side of the pool. There have been many times this summer where I've gone to the pool with my dog, and he lays by the edge of the pool and just watches me swim, keeps an eye on me. And when I get out and I need his help, he's ready to work.
0: Oh, that's great. And another one here is that uh, churches and temples and synagogues and mosques don't have to comply with that.
1: That is correct. So churches are private and they kind of govern themselves. And so they are not required to allow service dogs. in. although most do, you just have to get permission to bring them there.
0: With you training Gatsby, there are a lot of programs where dogs are trained for people. Have you had any exposure to any of those different types of service dog training programs?
1: I have, um, I know about a lot just because I have several friends that have received service dogs from programs, friends that I've met through Instagram and stuff. And I know one of the huge ones is Canine Companions for Independence, there's Paws for a Cause, Freedom Paws, all kinds of service dogs all across the country.
0: And when you look at those programs, I guess a lot of people are taken aback and just think right off the bat that a service dog is going to cost too much. Right. Can you give some kind of background on that and how it works? Are you familiar with any of that aspect of it?
1: I am familiar with that. So it costs anywhere between twenty dollars to $40,000 to raise and train a service dog. And unfortunately, service dogs are not covered by insurance or any kind of government funding program. All service dog programs rely on the generosity of others and donations and so most programs do offer service dogs for free to people just based on donations others you do have to pay money Uh, the program that I'm looking to go through for my next service dog once Gatsby retired it's called PALS Palmetto Animal Assisted Life Services you know you have to pay five thousand dollars for the team training program that you have to attend once you're matched with your dog and you know it's can have a big price tag like that, but being matched with your dog and having this dog completely come and change your life, it's priceless.
0: I noticed some of these places will actually do rescue dogs, so you may get any breed or even a mutt, not a specific purebred. It could be just anything.
1: Yeah, um, there are some programs that do that. There are not many, I will say, that do that. However, just because when you work with shelter dogs, you don't know what their background is like, and they can have all kinds of temperament issues obviously these dogs are being heavily temperament tested and heavily trained throughout their lives even as shelter dogs but you know when you are taking a chance and going with a dog that has a path you have the potential to run into issues and so it's a big risk factor there especially when it costs as much as it costs to raise and train a service dog you don't want to waste it on a dog that might not be able to perform up to par so that's why the most common breeds used are Labrador Retrievers, Golden Retrievers, Standard Poodles, and German Shepherds. all great for service work they were purposely bred for this kind of stuff highly intelligent confident dogs
0: my brother's pets has both a golden retriever and a german shepherd and they're both just fantastic dogs
1: Yes, they really are, and you can tell when a dog comes from a excellent breeder and it's been bred for temperament and not for love. And you know, most dogs in service dog programs are bred specifically for temperament.
0: Well, speaking of temperament, now when you're out in public with Gatsby, talk a little bit about how people react to the dog. Obviously, many people get excited, especially kids, when they see a dog. Has that ever presented a major problem for you?
1: It's definitely been a major problem. You know, I've had people stare at me, talk about me as if I can't hear them. They'll make kiss noises and call to Gatsby or get in his face and pet him without asking and all kinds of stuff that distracts him while he's trying to work, which is the opposite of what I need. And it can really mess with the dog's training when you do that. I've also had people tell me about their dead dog and be like, oh my gosh, your dog. I used to have a dog. He's dead. And blah, blah, blah. It's like, how am I supposed to respond to that?
0: It's so nuts.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. And I've even had someone make me cry before because they ran up to me in a restaurant it was a fully grown woman came up and grabbed gap face and was playing with him and talking to him and i said i'm sorry please don't pet him he's working and she went off on me being like i can't believe kids these days it's just ridiculous you need to leave blah blah, blah. like going off on me yelling at me and i can't handle that so uh, i had a friend with me and we cried and it was not a fun time
0: and the restaurant didn't come over and remove her?
1: Uh, Nope. We were in line and I, I don't know if they just didn't hear it or if they didn't know what to say. A lot of people just don't know how to react to that kind of thing because it can be scary having someone do something like that to you, you know? And it's like, what do you even do? How do you intervene?
0: Does Gatsby wear like a service vest, like a dog working, like don't touch, get, get away, anything?
1: He does. He has, he wears a mobility vest and so it's got a big handle on it that I use for counterbalance and bracing and all kinds of stuff and stability while I walk. But it has a sign going across that says, service dog, do not distract. And then he also wears a cape that attaches to the harness. And it says, service dog, do not distract, do not pet. And it has all the symbols for don't talk, don't touch, don't make eye contact, don't do all this stuff. But people either just don't see it or they don't care. People just see a dog and they want to touch it.
0: I think it's they don't care.
1: Right. Yeah. I think it's that they don't care too.
0: Well, you certainly have all of your mental faculties with you, and you're able to respond if needed. You know, if you are walking and he's guiding you, pulling you, stabilizing you, you're susceptible to really getting hurt from somebody being stupid.
1: I am. You know, I've had times where Gatsby's pulling my wheelchair, and, you know, him pulling my wheelchair is the equivalent of him driving a car for me. You know, my life is in his hands, and to have people call out to him and call them to him, you know, he can veer off and pull me over. Over to them and it's like i lose control and i can't control the car i'm in it sucks and i just get pulled up to these random people and i'm like can you please not
0: do you carry a cane with you
1: i don't i do not use a cane i just use a wheelchair and i'm looking into using a rollator but canes haven't really helped me in the past
0: oh you might carry one just to knock them upside the head
1: <laughs> you're right <laughs> that would be awesome
0: <laughs> so we've got gatsby trained he's a beautiful golden retriever. Once he picks up a task, do you continuously work with them to keep that reinforced or does that stay pretty fresh in his mind?
1: Absolutely. Service dogs may be labeled as fully trained or in training, but really when it comes down to it, service dogs are always training. You gotta keep them fresh on what they know and constantly have to be reinforcing that behavior because at the end of the day they're still dogs. They're not robots. It's not like you can program something into them and then it's in their stay. Like little toddlers, you know, you got to teach them, you got to train them. And with service dogs, you got to trust your life with them and you got (laughs) to, you got to invest in training, you know,
0: some of the stuff that you're talking about is fairly physically demanding work that he does. Mm -hmm. How long till he retires and you have to bring in another dog?
1: Typically, service dogs will retire between the ages of 8 and 12, but he can be retired at any time. If he starts showing signs of not wanting to work, then I'll retire him. If he starts showing signs of disease or arthritis or any kind of health problems, then he'll stop working and be retired and I'll have to move on. But ideally, he'll make it to about 8 years to 12 years old working
0: and then at that point, Gatsby retires, you bring in, hopefully at this time, a fully trained service dog. You've had a dog you've been working with to help facilitating Gatsby's retirement, and then he just becomes the house dog, correct? Yes,
1: correct. You know, I'm still living with my parents, but I do plan to move out in the next couple of years. And so if I am moved out by the time Gatsby retires, Gatsby will go to live with my parents. It's not that I don't want to keep Gatsby because he's the love of my freaking life. I love him more than anything in the world but it can be hard for the old dog to see the new dog taking his place and me going out everywhere with that old dog and it can interrupt the bonding process of having to bond with the new dog having your old dog around and it's tough and it sucks to think about you know I I don't I can't imagine leaving Gatsby behind but I know that he'll be in great hands with my parents because they love him so much and you know it's what's best.
0: Well, yeah, I, I saw that because when I was reading that Pause with a Cause website, mm-hmm. they specifically say they won't put a service dog in a home with another dog. Really? I'm assuming it's for that exact reason. You know, they talk about it can interfere with bonding and training of the assistance dog team.
1: Right. It can. Not all service dog programs have that rule, but... A lot of them do because it can interfere with bonding. Some programs will allow you to have one or even two other dogs at home. Uh, The one I'm looking at will allow me to have another dog. Oh, good. But even though I am allowed to have another dog, I'm still going to be giving Gatsby to my parents just because it can be hard on Gatsby to see me bonding with another dog and me working another dog and him not being able to work. Because at the end of the day, the dogs love what they do. Service dogs love to work. And so for them to have to quit, it can be really hard.
0: You're his human. You're his person. You're his responsibility. Yep. He isn't going to want to give that up unless he's absolutely forced to. Right. Now, when, you've gone out, you work a retail job, so you see all sorts of different people coming and going in, in your job, but when you're out with Gatsby, have you ever had to educate somebody at a store, like a, a worker, that yes you are allowed to bring him in?
1: Yeah, I have. I haven't had too many access issues where someone told me I couldn't be there, but there have definitely been a few times. Um, I always keep cards with me that explain a little bit about me and Gatsby, and then on the back I have ADA law listed and show, so I can show anyone that's trying to deny me access. I can be like, here's the law, here's where I'm allowed, and just kind of let them know. And I do educate the public a lot, and I get a lot of questions from people all the time. People are always wanting to know questions about me, or about Gaffey, or about service dogs in general. And so, I always try to educate the public, but I think it's important for people to know that, like, at the end of the day, I'm just a disabled woman trying to go about my day as normally as possible, and I don't always want to play questions 20- Questions,
0: you know? I was going to say, you know, if you're having a, a bad day or anything, the last thing you probably want to do is be the, an advocate. And sometimes you're probably forced into doing it.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Having a service dog AA a is a, a great opportunity for you because it makes your life so much easier. Having AS is hard enough. You know, anybody that has it knows what it's like to try and pick up a phone that's fallen on the floor or, you know, pick up anything that's fallen on the floor. That itself can be a, a dangerous endeavor. I, I can't imagine how great it is to have somebody to help you or just somebody there when you need, to, uh, you know, hey, curl up, I need some body heat to try and shake off some of this AS. So it's really neat, all the stuff you've trained him to do.
1: Yes, thank you so much. It, it's amazing the stuff that he does for me. And I'm shocked there aren't more people with AS that have service dogs, because I feel like there's such a need in our AS community, but a lot of people just don't know how service dogs can help them.
0: You know, I think that. That's probably it is. It's really the idea that having AS, I hate to keep thinking about I can't do this. I getting too hard to do this. It seems like we keep taking stuff away from ourselves and that's really the opposite because many of us have dogs in our house. So why not combine that with a service dog if possible and get the best of it. Get somebody that can help you as well as be a companion.
1: Absolutely. And you know a service dog can help you turn the I can't into a we can. And that's what gaps he has done for me.
0: And I'll tell you, anybody that's listening, if you're on Instagram, go to Gatsby Golden Service Dog, and I'll have a link to it in the show notes of this show, because the pictures you have on here of him are, are awesome. I, the ones I love are where you keep taking the close-ups of his nose.
1: Oh, yes. I love his nose so much.
0: <laughs> you know, and it's just a goofy picture. It's not showing him doing any particular job or anything. It's just him being a dog. Yeah. And have you encountered, when you're out, have you encountered anybody with service dogs with breeds that they've Shouldn't have? I mean, because I know breed, there is no breed restriction for service dogs.
1: Right. There is no breed restriction. The only thing I would say a breed restriction would be is mobility dogs cannot be small dogs. They just can't. <laughs> they have a physically demanding job, and it would be extremely irresponsible to do bracing on a small little uh, shih tzu or something. But for the most part, any dog can fill a job.
0: But I can see something that size, 60, 80. 90 pounds is depending on your size is what you need for a dog that's going to actually help you
1: right it definitely depends on the handler's height and weight the you know, gatsby is 80 pounds and so he's perfectly fit enough to be able to handle me but you know if you're a large man then you're going to need a large dog like a great dane or something
0: well and i'll put this in the show notes as well there's a website called AgelessPaws.com, and they talk about service dogs for pain management there's an article so I would encourage people to read that as well. You know, Riley, I, I can't thank you enough for your time. I know you had a long day-to-day work, and so I'll, I'll let you go and hang out and let Gatsby be a dog. And I really appreciate all the time. And is there any place where people besides Instagram can reach out to you?
1: Definitely the best place would be Instagram, but you can also find me on Facebook. Uh, my name is Riley Cook, but Instagram is definitely the best way to get in contact with me.
0: Well, I really appreciate your time. I'll have, again, your Instagram will be in the show notes and i look forward to talking to you and getting to see how this all goes in the future
1: yes i had a great time thank you so much for having me on
0: oh you're so welcome
1: thank you so much
0: you take care
1: thank you you too